What's up, world? It's Amy Ball, and welcome to Skeletons from the Closet, where we dig up the past to help you build a better future. Let's kick that closet door open, shall we? Mike Agliero, welcome to Skeletons from the Closet. Hey, I'm super excited to be here and and no worries. Everybody struggles. I always tell because it's A-G-U-G-L-I-A-R-O. So I always say the Italians threw a couple extra letters in there to throw people off the snake trail. I love it. I love it. And it's so funny because I wouldn't have messed it up had I not said how I was pronouncing it. <laughs> so you have a resume that goes on for days and days. I'm not going to steal your thunder. Just give us like, people can find out so much about you online, including seeing you speak and getting advice from you. Just give us like a 10,000 foot overview of who you are, where you've been. Yeah. So I'm a guy who's been on his own since he's 15 years old. I always say I'm a survivor of a really bad mom, dad divorce. I'm sure like a lot of people maybe listening can relate to. And it actually became one of the best gifts for me because it taught me how to survive and create self-motivation because you only have few choices when you're on your own at 15. Be a statistic, right? Just go down the the road of drugs, alcohol, and all that. Or I chose the other path, prove the world wrong. Went to a vocational school to learn electrical trades because- there's like a conveyor belt, right? It's college, college. You might know probably plumber, electrician. I went for electrician because I thought probably being on my own, man, that stuff could kill you. So that sounded like fun back then. And then I ended up working for some people very early on, even before I graduated. And then working for a guy, I was like, maybe I'll do this myself because he's an idiot, the guy I was working for. And all I did was start a business and be an idiot just like him because I didn't know anything different and then struggled. So look, Amy, I struggled for probably a good solid 12 years. The thing you hear everybody say, if you hire people and run out of work, if you don't hire people, you'll probably die in a truck. And I was the guy that was going and pulling wires and fixing lights and houses and and buildings. And then one day it clicked because my, I had a partner at the time and he said, Hey, he goes in the morning, it was probably 6 30. He says, I'm out. I was like, Oh, I'll see you tomorrow. I thought he had a case of the craps or something. Cause we used to always eat off these damn lunch trucks and stuff. And they'd always pull these little trays they had hidden in the back. The guy'd be like, my wife made this just for you. So I was thinking he just was having an off day. He was like, no, I'm out. I can't do it no more. We were working seven days a week. And, and then I said, all right, let's just process a couple of days. And then we figured it out. It's almost the wisdom gods came down. It's like, how are you ever going to improve if you don't know how to do it? Find someone who has done it before you and follow what they said. So that's what we did. We took our Amex credit card, which I have no idea why anybody would let 20 something year olds take their Amex card and put way too much money on it. And we started investing in coaches that we couldn't afford. And we just took massive action. And back then, I don't want to date myself too much. I am only level 53. So everybody knows. I don't know why anybody in the world would ever say they're 53 years old. I'm faster. I'm smarter. I'm tougher. I'm quicker than ever before. But back then, just to put a little time frame, you watch the training in a VCR tape, in a VCR player. So those of you that don't know, it's like this big black thing you stick in a machine every now and then the tape gets messed up and you jam your finger in there and try to twist it call it a vcr and we started watching trainings and from there i really got addicted really quick to 
marketing, sales, and leadership. And long story short, took a company that was just an electrical company, doing under a million dollars, took it to 32 million in under 10 years, double digit profits. I had in 2017, which does not feel like that long ago, I had 200 employees, 165 vehicles driving all over the state of New Jersey, fixing people's stuff. So I'll give you guys a little more and then I'll open it back up. And I'm not here to, to brag to anybody, please don't put me on no pedestal. I'm here to serve everybody that's listening. I then in 2014, I don't know about you, like you get around these people and they're like, hey, how's everything going? You're like, oh man, life's great. I'm sure you tell them, you're like, I got this cool podcast from my closet and it's amazing. And then they always want to give you their crap, right? They're like, oh, glad it's good for you. My life sucks. And then you start dimming your light right? You're like, oh, my life's not that good. The dog crapped on the floor last week. You make up stuff because you don't want them to feel like they're alone in their suffering and misery. And that's what the blue collar space was, is every time I talk to some, it's tough to find people. I'm like, no, because I found 200 of them. So no, it wasn't tough. It, things aren't, people should write this down and make sure you got a pen and paper, everybody. Things are not difficult. They're just different. You just don't understand the difference. So I went on a mission to shift Amy, the whole service industry. And I started a company called CEO Warrior. And I was coaching over a thousand companies in 2020. We had over a 20,000 following. We ran 35. These people, they're like, oh man, I ran a lot of events last year. We did two big ones. I'm like, we did 35 three-day events a year. It was just a machine. We ran it out of a 10,000 square foot building, which I just sold, which I was excited because it was like debt free and it was like 4.3 million. So I was excited about that in this market. And in 2020, I sold that company. We were doing over 40, we sold over 40 million in services in that company. And because, and people say like, why did you, like, why do you keep selling these things? And everybody should write this down. You don't sell anything you pretty much choose a bigger, stronger future that impacts the world. And a uh, pandemic came in and people were really starting to suffer in 2020. And my wife and I made a decision and we decided to start this company called Food Dog Group. And along with a partner, Aaron Hoos, and our whole thing is impact a million people or more in a decade or less in a hundred countries or more. And that's what we're doing every day. And if you don't know what Food Dog is like this, if you looked outside these, sometimes they're castles, you have these big lion dogs, right? They're mystical lion dogs, like this lion, but mystical. And we help people get higher levels of freedom, really a level of mastery and build legacy. So I'll pause there. That was very long-winded, but let's dig into some fun stuff for everyone. No, that was perfect. And you have, look, as you're saying, write this down, I'm like furiously jotting down notes over here. So you said a lot of things and I, I want to go back a little bit because one of the things that really caught my attention was how you said my boss was an idiot yeah. and I got into this because I thought I could do it better, yeah. which is why we all get into it. And then we learn, oh shit, I'm an idiot too. And so what was it that took you guys from the day you thought your buddy got the shits from the food truck to something's got to be done and actually doing it, putting the marketing, the sales the business systems in place to be able to not only scale, but to rinse and repeat that over and over again. Yeah, you got it. Like we went back then, 
there, we joined an organization. And before we joined, somebody said, why don't you go visit this guy's shop? Um, mm -hmm. And shop's a place for like blue collar workers run their company out. And we went to Pennsylvania and we visited this guy's shop. And holy crap, it was amazing. Now it wasn't huge, but it was clean. And everybody in there was wearing like black pants and they had ties on. And I'm like, this is an electrician's company. And we spent a day there and the owner, he took out a check at lunchtime. He said, look what I got. I paid myself last year. And this is uh, probably 18 years ago or something. It was 350,000. And I went, now look, I wasn't making 50,000 a year. I've always done pretty well. When I was 20 something, I was making a 125,000 a year. And that's 30 something years ago. So I've always done well because I've always worked really hard. And when we left there, me and my partner left there and I thought they were really, and I won't mention their name because I thought they were crappy electricians and we were really good. Like we were craftsmen and I left there and I looked at my partner on the way home and I said, if those crappy electricians can do that, what the heck could we do? And in a matter of five years, we outgrew that company. Actually, the organization we were in probably had about maybe three or four. 400 members in it. We outgrew every one of the founding fathers of that organization. And we were in the top 1% in less than five years. So what made the difference? One, and I hope people will write this down to a support system is so key, not just through supporting the growth. I'm with my beautiful wife, Jennifer, since we're 15 years old. Okay. That's a long time. You guys could do the math, right? It's a long time. And She's always been like my biggest cheerleader and raving fan. And I never, ever had to ask her for permission. Uh, I always just asked for support. And that's number one that really changed things. Like I would go there and say, I'm going to build the, the biggest service company in New Jersey. Like it is going to be, everyone's going to know us. We're going to be a household name. And she was just like, okay, do it. And she never cared if like, it didn't matter if we were going to live in a cardboard box to do it. She was like, she's always just been all in. And so I think that's another thing that was key. And then the other thing was when you can really get somebody like I'm known, like a lot of people say, Hey, you're like loud, but I'm from an Italian family. We know how to be loud and curse really well and eat. That's what we know how to do. And I'm known for giving people hurtful truths, not comforting lies. And I think social media is good at giving comforting lies and not hurtful truths. And I don't do it to hurt people, but that's because people gave me the truth. They said, if you keep doing this like this, like where do you really think life's gonna go? My wife says, you're like a purple unicorn. We know they exist. We just never met one. Like. I've never done drugs my whole life. I never drank alcohol my whole life. I don't do any caffeine for 15 or 17 years. I never was a coffee drinker, but I used to do caffeine teas and stuff. I, I don't do any gluten for 15 years by choice. And I pride myself on working really hard. Now, if the whole world didn't do anything, I'm probably the guy who would do everything, right? I'm always the opposite. And, and I want people to write this down, write this thing down. This served me really well. And... The thing is, if you could do anything better or different, what would that look like? Like every idea I look at today, I say, if I could do that better or different, 
What would it look like? And I try not to get sucked into the trend of what people think are cool. I don't know if you ever read this book, The 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah. I think Tim Ferriss is a brilliant guy. I think the concept of the book is stupid. I'll tell you why. Because if you hate it so much that you only want to do it four hours a week, don't do it at all. Don't do it. I would do this if you told me, hey, Mike, Sunday at 10 a.m. or would you do this? Yeah, because I don't live my life between, oh, my God, it's Monday, hump Wednesday, Friday. Oh, thank God I get the weekend. Like my wife and I, we live life. And I'll give you the definition of what I believe everybody is life by design. That's what I tell people, life by design. And when you think about life by design, people say, oh, do what you want, where you want, with who you want, without any restraints of time and money. I'm sure you heard it a million times. I think life by design is when life is a vacation and you don't have to go on vacation. And you'll know if you're living that life because you'll never tell someone, oh, I'm going on vacation. No, you're like, I'm going to Orlando. We just got back to Orlando. I'm going to Orlando because... That's life. I'm not escaping something to go there. Because I could go for days and days here. So no, and I love hearing it. So that's so interesting. And that you said about the purple unicorn, because that's what we're going to get. That people are going to be listening and they're going to be, that's all great. But... You don't smoke, you don't drink. You've been with your wife since 15. It sounds like you got a perfect marriage. My wife would never support me like that. You've never had to deal with difficulty. So of course you're successful. Uh, yeah, I got difficulties in my life right now. So anybody that thinks that uh, uh, delusion or that's your reality, man, I am a complete balance between heaven and hell. And, and I think people that really live life have a balance between sanity and chaos. And I promise you, my life's no different. What's different is how I process sanity and chaos. And I got the same things. Look, it's probably a decade ago. I had a $4 million lawsuit issued in our company for something we did not do. And in the end, we settled for a million. And I thought it was going to take me out of business. So those of you that want to know pain and suffering, I want you to think you got a whole bunch of employees. You got a million dollars you got to pay. You're pretty sure you're going to go out of business. And in that moment in time, you get to make a decision to be a victim or a victor. And being in martial arts now for over 38 years, I, I only know focus, discipline, mastery, and give it everything you got. And instead of letting it kill us, the next year we grew by six and a half million dollars in one year. Because it's funny what pressure will do, right? It will either crush you and leave you crumbled in a corner crying or it'll make a diamond. And you guys know that. I'm not telling you nothing new. But I will tell you today in this world, if you're suffering, I, I do believe it's a choice. I do also think that some of the things we do in the world don't make sense. I, I won't mention their name. I believe in these guys. I love learning from everybody. I'm a student. Like I'll learn, I learn from the guy picking the weeds, the cleaning the, I learn from everybody. Me and Walgreens, forget it. I'm having a conversation with somebody in the NyQuil aisle. But I think it, we keep feeding people. Like we feed out, I'm going to feed a million people this year. And I'm like, that's stupid. Why don't we teach them how to feed themselves? Let's build an infrastructure because it sounds great you're feeding people, but they're not stupid people. They mm -hmm. just need a new way of thinking. So 
The people who plagued me for years, they plagued me as this mindset guy. I go, no. Mindset's a problem when you pour concrete in your mind and it sets it stuck. I'm a mind growth guy. I'm a guy that believes when you give a different type of growth inside your mind, that's why I wrote the book. Mind power was because when your mind thinks different, everybody write this down to scale anything. This is what I learned. And this has taken me decades to get to this one sentence. And, and it happened after I wrote the book. And right now, just so you know, in my world, Amy, I, I work with CEOs of hospitals, doctors, people that own IT companies, attorneys, everywhere in between. And I summarized it into this. To scale anything, you have to scale yourself. To scale anything, you have to scale yourself. And if you don't get rid of... Uh, Hopefully, it, you guys know, you're familiar with mm -hmm. the gap analysis, real simple. It's like, here you are, here you want to go. They normally draw an arch and there's action steps. There's something wrong with that because I did that gap analysis for many years and I suffered. You know what's wrong with it? Going back the other way like this is a resistance line. And what sits in that resistance line pulling you from the timeline is that you you have either guilt, shames, traumas. You, you have things, belief systems that are so embedded inside of you. And, and until you tackle that resistance line, you can't scale and grow. And I promise you, everybody challenged me on this. Your greatest future, it's right there. It's built, I promise you. Whatever you desire, dream, want, it's built. It's waiting for you to catch the hell up to it. That's it, that's it. It's funny that you say it because I'm a huge fan of systems thinking and reverse engineering and understanding what that process looks like. Like I said earlier, probably because I'm just genuinely curious about everything and ask a lot of questions. But one of the things that I found has worked so good with clients, with myself, with anything, not only business, but relationships, raising kids, like just the general struggles of life is understanding like you said, not that gap that's behind us, but the gap that's in front of us and seeing, okay, how do I reverse engineer this? What is, what's going to have to change in the way that I'm thinking and the way that I'm doing in the way that I'm feeling in order for me to get here? Because clearly this hasn't worked. Yeah. Do you find that in order to do that, you have to be willing to address the ego problem that's at play? No, I, I think it's a little different than that. I, I think people use this ego is just as good as it could be bad. And I use good and bad lightly because I'm a guy that doesn't believe there's any right, wrong, good, bad, positive, negative. I think there's only the definition you choose to give it. Mm -hmm. So I don't quite think it's an ego thing. I think what happens is the complexity of your environment, right? And since I'm now, like when I built CEO Warrior, it was like it's 90 something percent men, right? No, not many women walk up and says, man, I want to punch bags and break things. And right. And I loved it because I'm always like that high intense guy. And now I'm in the world that I understand that if a couple's not growing together, they're growing apart. But when you have one person that's extremely wants to scale, build empires, I got, oh my goodness. I got so many companies. Now I got food dog groups, a company. I have a company called Business Forge. We take equity in companies to help them scale and grow to, to create legacy. We have a fund company we're building right now. And if I have somebody who's like pulling down on me, you're not going to move forward. And, and you all heard this. 
You are like the five people you surround yourself with. No, I don't agree on that. You're going to find out. I disagree with almost every guru on the planet. I don't agree on this because I think if you stick me and you around five broke ass people, I don't believe we become broke. I believe they become wealthy. It's not who you're around. It's how you're around them. So I think that plays a part in this. And then the other thing that I think plays a really big part in people like scaling, going to the next level, doing anything that they want is one, they invest in themselves, people, but they don't invest in the circles around them. If you invest in yourself, but your kids, like I look at my son today, my son is 24. He's authored a book when he was 17. Now he looks similar to me because he's tattooed and I'm actually a tattoo artist. I don't do it a lot. And my son's begging me for tattoos all the time. Got a big beard. He is bigger than me, tougher than me and stronger than me. But when I look at him, he's 24 coaching and holding people accountable that are twice his age. One of the people that he's worked with for the last six months just became a decamillionaire. And when I look at this, if you don't bring what you're getting to your immediate wife, your children, and people don't bring it to their company, biggest mistake is you grow and expand, you don't grow your people, and then you wonder why you have a people problem. So Mm -hmm. I think it is a pretty tangled web, but I promise you, someone said to me when we were away, because I just spoke in Orlando, a really great guy, if anybody wants to look, Ben Glass, he's the guru who helps people grow their attorney company, which normally you don't run out of your way to go hang out with a couple hundred attorneys. But somebody was saying this, success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. But you know what? Who's got time to play Dora the Explorer and find the damn clues? I don't know about you. I got no time to go with that little dog sniffing a clue. I'll tell you what. You don't need success leaves clues. You need someone to tell you this is the success. This is the clue. It's here. Let me show you. Right? Let me show it to you. And then you could cut the learning curve. Because remember, when people say growing pains, if you look at my definition, and growing pains, it's called lack of education. Because if you knew what to do, you don't have growing pains. So anybody listening, let me give you one more frame and I'm going to hand it back over. People are so programmed with things like, my dad gave it to me, it's like money doesn't grow on trees. (laughs) Or more people, more problems. Yeah. No. More people, more money. Like we we went to Disney one day. We didn't do all. We went to Epcot. Epcot. Which first off, anybody that thinks there's a recession, just go to Epcot. They'll show you there's no problem at all. Because there's people from all over the world drinking and eating just about everything, and they ain't going anywhere real fast. So just so you know, there's no recession issue. There's just a a, a delusion of what's happening there. So let me pause there a minute, let you open up for more stuff. No, I think it's hilarious because it's so true. Anytime you think that money is not abundant, just go to Disney World. Yeah, Um, of course. So the success leaves clues. It's funny because everybody hears that. Everybody says it, but nobody says that failure leaves clues too. Mm -hmm. And probably some of the biggest clues. Nobody wants to talk about that. Just like you were saying earlier, about people that want to play the victim instead of the victor and have these conversations about, oh, it must be really nice for you because I've heard it too. Oh, must be nice. That's the famous one. Oh, life's great. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. 
It is nice. And I think that it takes a level because I struggled with that. Exactly what you said about toning it down just to console the person in front of me and not look so braggadocious. When in reality, I think that's really an open opportunity for you to say, help me understand what's happening in you. Like what's going on in your life? Why do you feel this way? What's your thoughts? How do you use, yeah. usually handle those types of situations? Everybody wants to try to give you their truth, right? And and I have a phrase, is that true? And do I want it to be true for me? And everybody should write that down. Is that true? Do I want it to be true for me? And it's funny how people want to impart what their story of what they think they know. I went to the skin doctor just a couple of weeks ago, and I believe in proactive. So I wanted them to do, they do the body scan. It's always feels inappropriate. Like they're at like looking and you just know <laughs> they're looking and probably making judgments. Hike your leg so up. I'm, like, I'm thinking, Hey, you know what? You got a little belly roll there too, Missy, but I didn't say anything. And she looked at my face because I had this little red spot. And she goes, oh, it doesn't look to be cancerous. And I was like, I don't get cancer. And she was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I don't get those things. I don't, that's not, I don't do that. And she like was so, like she wanted to impart her, her gifting of this word to me. I'm like, no, I don't get that. So I think as you live life and you go around, everybody wants to tell you, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. I always say this. Anything you share with someone, just tell them, consider it. Everything you're hearing on this, it's a consideration. You should do your own due diligence and say, hey, if I do try that, what what could happen? And stay away from what people think is possible. Everybody, especially now it's AI, everybody's got it tattooed on their chest. They're like, oh, you're AI? Hang on, let me show you my chest. I got ChatGPT tattooed on it. (laughs) Like, how into it are you? And I, I believe everything does play a part. But I'll tell you the part that I think is real important for everybody listening, HI, human intelligence. And if you want to get more, have more, be more, do more, whatever, raise your level of intelligence. Now, the cool thing is, I don't know about you, but my son's way smarter than me, 24. Why? Because the force of knowledge availability. My dad, I don't know about you, my dad, when I was young, when people would come to the house He'd be like, come in. He's, oh, let's let's go in the family room because he had the brand new encyclopedia set he bought. And he would act like they didn't see it. He would stand by it. You know what I mean? Big Italian guy. And he'd be like, hey, glad you came over. We'll eat some Danish. The coffee's on. <laughs> oh, I see you looking at the Britannica or whatever it was, whatever that encyclopedia is like, oh yeah, guy came here. I made a deal with him. I knocked him down. You know what I mean? And look at this thing. Look at it. And you're like pulling off. That's how we used to learn. You used to go there and have to do a report looking through this dusty. And every now and then you'd cough because it's been there and nobody ever wanted to dust the top of it and stuff. But today you like blink your eye and information's on the damn screen for you. So speed of growth, like I really believe it. Anybody that's struggling, it's either you're refusing to listen or you're refusing to do different. That's as simple as it can get because anybody who really wants something, and if you do put leverage, I always had leverage. I never wanted to have the feeling that if something happened to me, that my wife and children would struggle. So that's always been like massive leverage for me. 
And that leverage always motivated me to not stop because I felt like, especially coming from an Italian family, like my mom never worked. It's just different back then. I'm not saying, hey, women listening, don't send me middle fingers on Facebook and stuff. I'm glad you work your ass off. You should. But that's not what I did with my wife. That's not what I was brought up into. And, and I'm not saying this to brag, Amy, but like I've been debt free since I'm 28 years old. I've been at a mortgage since I'm 28. I got another building, 15,000 square foot to sell. It's debt free. And I'm not saying debt's bad. I'm just saying if I can do it, right? I promise everybody listening, maybe you won't do what I'm doing, but you could do bigger and, and better. I promise you. So what's the first step for people? Like, uh, you have somebody that's maybe he's a plumber, maybe he's an electrician, maybe they work for somebody else and they're going, I, I don't even know how to pay my bills next week, much less you want me to pay off my mortgage. What is the first step? Yeah, I got to tell you, I, I don't want this to feel self-serving at all because I, I am here 100 percent just to serve everybody like you have to solve your mind. You got to invest in your mind because I'll tell you how we learned this. I brought somebody to my company. We paid this coach $45,000 to teach our people how to sell. And they grew, they, they learned how to sell just a little bit. And I was like, man, we invested days and days. Why didn't, now looking back, I know why. I needed to teach them how to think different in their brain, then give information. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to take a, a solution into a processing system that's got a, a ceiling on it. And I always tell people this, because I coached the, the service industry so long, you can't build a $5 million business with a $500,000 mind process. You can't. If you want to go to 5 million, you need to create a $10 million thinking process in your mind. So I tell everybody, it's, it may seem counterintuitive. Oh no, Mike, I just need another postcard. I need to know how to be like, hand people the pen. If you could, if you were to sell me a pen and this stuff, I think that's all fun stuff. But I think the number one investment is get yourself dialed in, get rid of those thinking, those limiting beliefs and all those programs you have put in different programs. And, and I'll tell you, it switches like that quick. And everything changes because you'll show up at your facility, especially in, I'm very passionate about the service industry, right? I don't know why we let segregation happen like this. Everybody wants to run around segregation, segregation. Well, we call them white collar and blue collar. What the hell? That's been age old segregation. How about a human trying to get to the next damn level and improve their life and their health and their family? But I am very passionate about the service people because if you get rid of the plumbers, electricians, and HVAC guys off earth. Let me tell you something. You're going to have a place that stinks. It's going to be dark. It's going to be too hot or cold. So I'm a big believer in these guys. But I also know that most of them are brought up in probably middle to lower middle class. Mm -hmm. They're already been plagued by their parents who told them, just do a job and you don't have to love it. And there was no passion. Even when I was pulling wires and addicts, I loved it. I always made sure I loved what I do. And any of you listening there, business owners, I always just get these business owners. Yeah, you know what? I'm thinking about just getting rid of this, going working for someone. I'm like, the reason you started your business is because you sucked working for someone. Let's be clear. You don't follow the rules really well. 
So whatever you think you suck at now, you're going to be that same sucky working for someone. I, it never works out. I've I had people challenge me this over the years. I tried to tell you, your habits don't change. You're like, oh, I put on a different pair of clothes and now I'm completely, I'm Superman now. No, you're not Superman now. So it's true. It's true. So if you have that mindset to where, you, like you were saying, you go from this 10x way of thinking to a thousand X way of thinking, and you learn to address your limiting beliefs and you step outside your comfort zone, that's an emotional process, especially when you're talking. And I was literally having this conversation with someone on another podcast, men in particular in the trades industries, they've been indoctrinated that you work hard, you take care of your family, you don't show emotion. How do you help them understand that looking at your emotions and feeling them is actually the way to yeah. start overcoming these embedded mindsets that you have. Yeah. Look, I'm probably the guy that watching the Disney show with his kid acting like I got allergies while I'm crying on the stupid Disney show. I, I am an emotional human and I believe in showing all emotions. I, I don't believe you sedate anger, and I believe you show everything. I, I do agree with you, though. People have been taught, especially male, to swallow this stuff and don't show how you feel. But what happens is, if no one knows how you feel, especially when you have a team, like it's always going to feel like a transaction, right? Even with your employees, it will feel just transactional. And my mom's always, why are you always posting everything about your life on Facebook? Because I don't care about what someone thinks. What I do care is that one person might hear that I was struggling. Like I had a bad day. It was a bad day. Just so you guys know, as human, it was probably just three weeks ago. And I was in a hotel dealing with a tough situation, family situation. I was in the lobby, just like with scrambled eggs in my tears, having a conversation with a box of shitty scrambled eggs. And she's, why do you post that? Like, because someone else might be feeling they're all alone and I'm just as human as everyone else. Like I felt really broken that day. The good thing is I wasn't broken. I had a moment of brokenness that I felt. And I, I think when you hide this stuff, this is when people have to search for something to solve it. You realize when you have a headache, your body's not craving Tylenol right? Your body doesn't go, oh, you got a headache. You need Tylenol. Mm -hmm. No, you're just masking the symptom. And I think that people that don't express it, they're going to find a way to mask it. Either it's going to be sugar or drugs or alcohol or whatever the many things. And I'm not telling people not to drink, do what's right for you. I'm not one of those people, but I am one of those people that says, let's just embrace. There is no, you hear this life business balance stuff. And I think that's a, bunch of crap too. There is life and everything falls into it because business alone has no emotion. There's nothing there. It's just a vehicle. You have life. And if you understand life and you understand that all these aspects of it, you're not trying to act like you're not something. Every single human has the same needs. They have the same feelings, but not everybody shares it. And especially in relationships. Man, what's the destruction of if divorce is like 50% today, what's it in the trades area? It's probably 65% because 
they don't even know how to communicate. They don't want to show, right? They don't even understand the difference between husband and wife today. And today the new generations, oh, screw it. We don't even need to get married. Let's just live together forever. And, and maybe that's good. I, I guess the vote's out. Maybe they last longer than a lot of people today. So that, that's a little bit of my thoughts around that. Let me ask you this then. You mentioned your wife, how big of a supporter she's been. And it seems yeah. like y'all have had an amazing whirlwind of things as a family. And shoot, you, you've been dating her like 15 years almost. Were there times when, especially, and I know personally, I've been through divorce and everything else. Were there times where you realized, hey, you know what? We better change the way we're communicating. We better change the way that we are growing and, and thriving as a family because this shit ain't working. Yeah, there there ain't even long enough to cover as many times as there is. I, I promise you that. But I'm going to give you one of the biggest ones because when you have kids, especially my daughter's 21, Anybody that's got a daughter over 13, we should just have a moment of silence real quick here <laughs> for everybody. And my son's 24. And we hit that stage probably about 17 years ago where the big D word comes in. Is this not going to work? And we ended up going to a, an event. And during the event, we had to partner with people. My wife and I were just telling a story of this at an event. We, we just ran a three-day event called Seekers of Power. And all of a sudden, I get partnered with a 14-year-old girl that is go is living through divorced parent. And my heart is on the ground. I'm like, oh my God. I, I got chills thinking. I am reliving my whole childhood right now. My wife gets partnered back then with a guy whose wife doesn't understand him growing the company. Oh God. I got chills just talking. Divine timing at its finest, right? Oh my goodness. So now day one is uh, amazing. But me and my wife, we went to this training, said, we're coming out, we're going to make it work or we're coming out, we can't make it work. Day two, we walk up to each other and I go, oh my goodness, just so you know, it's all me. And my wife turns around, she goes, no, it's all me. And then we went, oh my God, we're both crazy. <laughs> I said, yeah, we're both crazy. And from that day forward, we just maintain crazy. I mean, we had a little just argument last night. Are you kidding me? We have the arguments of the best of them. The only difference is we're both pretty bulletproof and the story is not always about the person, right? It's not about the other person. It's about you. And we learned how to really navigate a lot of stuff, even when we disagree. And that's what we do today. Our world today is we're working with couples. We work with high-level executive individuals. I always tell people, when you've attended everything, you went to Tony Robbins, you read all the Bob Proctor, you went to Jack Canfield, and life is still has one wheel falling off, and you don't know how to ev elevate yourself to a level of human scalability, that's when you enter our world in Food Dog Group. And then we help take those thoughts that aren't serving you. We help you, especially when you're going through kids like, it can be a lonely world with, especially this world with kids today. I homeschooled my kids, but no one escapes the influence that kids are around today. And there's so many of them. And don't quit too early. I try to tell people, I believe sometimes divorce does need to happen. I wish they would give it a different word than divorce because coaching so many men, it would be like, it's easy for you, but I was divorced. And one guy said, oh my goodness, when did that happen? He's 35 years ago. And I'm like, okay, man, we probably should do a little work. 
It's 35. Are you still paying child support? He's no, I ended 19 years ago. I'm like, okay, it's like 2008. You tell people, hey, were you around 2008? They're like, <laughs> they're hyperventilating. They can't breathe. You're like, you're okay. It's a little town. Do, did you not learn from now? And, and, and I know some people it was tough for, I cruised through 2008 because I believe in my mind, I am my own economy and my effort is the bank and it creates at will. So I cruised it. The pandemic that came in, like I was coaching the service industry then. The service industry was down by 26%. Our lowest client was up by 300%. Matter of fact, 50 of them in the last 30 months have sold their company and 90% of them have become decamillionaires that were in my world. For one distinct reason, reframing exactly how we think about every single day. That was exactly what I was about to ask you. Do you think that is attributed back to the way they're just thinking about things and then sequentially how they're handling them. Just like you said earlier, it almost that those two questions you asked, is that true? And do I want it to be true about me? You can almost apply that to any confrontation, to any situation that you're going through and it forces you to think differently about it. Yeah, I don't think anything personal. I had to teach this to my employees because- they would get off the phone and, and I had a 200 employees, right? So I had a big call center, outbound center. They get off the phone. Oh, that's nasty, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, do you really know what's happening in, in her life? And one time I got on the phone with, with her. She's always so nasty. And I picked up the phone and I said, hey, and she is, she's giving me a, a, a whooping, man, a verbal whooping she's giving me. And I just calmly said, I feel this is horrible. Just before we move forward, is this really about me or is just life throwing some things at you? And her husband was dying of brain cancer. Wow. And, and I said, and I put it on speaker and I said, look, this is horrible. And, and I could either come there and give you a hug. I could give you a hug through the phone. I want to let you know you're not alone here. You're not alone. And I realized we made some mistakes. I'm going to make it right. Because the last thing you need in this situation is to deal with us and my team's here, they're crying now. And I hung up the phone and I said, let this be a lesson. You don't know what's happening in but Yeah, we made a mistake and they're frustrated, but you might be the last frustration that's happening here. And all that woman needed to know that she's not alone and someone else cares about her. Even if she's never met me, I told her, I, I care about you. I'll come there if you need me to do, I'll hug you, whatever I can do for you. And my dad was always that way. My dad was always a a person who just always cared about humans. So I think if people just step into, instead of constantly in this world of judging and what they think is true and not true and just be over. And today we're so triggered, right? Especially with war and these things. Does anybody, I I just have such a hard time with, and, and I'm a spiritual guy. I'm not a religious guy. Hopefully I don't get hate mail, but I was a Christian. I was a Buddhist. And then I just became this universal caring person. But anybody who thinks any death on planet earth is good, I just don't know. That doesn't make sense to any belief system in me that we think it's good. And, and I'm not saying one side's right or wrong. I'm just saying that killing is it just doesn't make sense. And people want to put these on people today, right? They want to be like, do you live with your company? And, or you have a problem. Do you ever get around a group of people? And they're like, oh, Lisa's not doing a good job. Or you're like, fire her. I'm like, you should fire yourself. 
She sucks because you suck first. Let's yeah. look in the mirror here. The only reason she's having problems is because you don't have the skill set to help her past what, how her behavior is actions are. So I hope everybody listening is getting some real different, unique insights on how to think because that's what I want. I never want motivation for people because you'll listen to this, you'll be happy and you'll park in Dunkin' Donuts, someone cut you off, you'll be mad again. But I want this to be transformational. You hear something on here between us and you go, you know what? I'm going to live like that now. Mm -hmm. I'm never going back to that other way. I'm going to take this one distinction. If it's uh, scale anything by scale yourself, or is it true? You're going to take one of those today and you're like, that's how I'm going to live life now. And then you bring it to your children and then you bring it to your family and you bring it to your community, you bring it to your church, you bring it to everybody. That's what I would love. And I think that's the true definition of serving. I think that whole core value that people put out there, oh, we're serving first, we're serving first. And 99% of people out there are not serving. They're not, they're serving themselves, but they're not serving other people. And so exactly what you just said, you have to go within to help outside of you. You have to scale yourself before you can scale the business. You have to understand that everything that you believe about people is not necessarily true and just be open to hearing what is. And I think that's where, and like you said, expanding it to your family, your employees, your church, your community, that's where the serving aspects of everything comes in. Yeah, I was on stage and I said, answer this for me. Do unto others as, and they said, do unto you. And I said, no, that's horrible. That's horrible. Do unto others better than they do unto you. That's what changes everything. But you know what? They've been so programmed from this. My dad, when he told me that I went back to him when I was making $20 million in our business. And I said, dad, I got to tell you something. I said, you told me two things. One of them you were right about. One of them you were wrong about. Being an Italian dad, he's, of course, oh, yeah, what I tell you was wrong. What did I do? What did I do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The hands got to always be moving. He said, I said, you said money doesn't grow on trees. But if I had apple trees, orange trees, lemon trees, I could pick that and sell it for money. Then he changed my life. When he summarized, he said, you know what? I only taught you what my dad taught me and his dad taught him. So then he turned around. And he said, what was I right about? I said, you used to tell me as a kid, you didn't own the utility company, shut the damn lights off. And I said, you were right. You still don't own the utility company, dad. And now I'm just like my dad. When my kids are here, they think the fan in the bathroom like needs to run for like it it should stay on forever. (laughs) Yeah, for eternity. So I became like my dad on that. But I think there's big learnings there, right? Like, How many beliefs are you carrying and do those beliefs serve you today? And I get it because somebody told me something when I was 15, actually one of my relatives on my mom's side, it was a very wild time with the divorce and stuff. You may not judge it, or maybe you will judge or not think about, but I was wearing a chain wallet back then and boots and not like a white Peter guinea tee, but like a guinea tee and stuff. And someone bumped into me in a mall And they were giving me their adult lip service type stuff. And they said, you know what? You'll become like the rest of them. And of course, I probably flipped them the finger or something. I was pretty wild at 15. And But that night in bed, I laid there thinking about that. You'll be like the rest of them. 
And in that moment, I made a, I actually heard something. You ever have that like creepy night? It's like too dark. You feel like somebody's watching it. I heard this thing and I thought it must be just my own mind. It was like, prove the world wrong. And I was like, oh, I'm just processing thinking, angry, young 15 year old. And then I heard it again, prove the world wrong. And, and that's the day I made a decision. I will break every boundary. I will prove the world wrong on what's possible. And I believe that I'm doing it and I'm not done yet. And, and now I want other people to prove the world wrong, what they think is possible for them. Because I don't know how Thanksgiving is for you, but Thanksgiving for me is always, oh, look who's here. The big business builder. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, F all of you. Uh -huh. I'm going to eat the turkey. Just give me the drumstick. When I'm done, a piece of pie, I'm out of here. And then one year, me and my wife, actually, we were going to, what a crazy thought. Let's have Thanksgiving at our own house. What a stupid thought. So two weeks, I must have banged my head like, oh, we should stop that in advance. So we said, hey, mom, no Thanksgiving at the house. We're just going to do a tiny little thing with ourselves and the dog, right? <laughs> the dog's happy we're successful because we keep feeding it as long as we make enough money. No one else probably thinks that way. You ever have that first time you got to have the, the code with your relationship. It's the time to go code. Yeah. And secret I, word, banana. <laughs> I totally missed it. Okay. Listen, Amy, my wife's tapping me on the leg and I go, why are you tapping me? And she just went like <laughs> the death stare of all stares. She's don't you know that's the code? I was like, I totally missed the code. Totally missed the code. So now we agree when we go in there, am I going to get a leg tap? Am I going to get a wink, a, a crazy stare? These are the relationship things, the complicated things you got to work out in a relationship, right? <laughs> hey, I'm sure she could just grab your crotch and be like, oh, and you'd be like, oh, Tamika. <laughs> yeah, okay. we're out of here. We're out of here. Peace. Enjoy the turkey. Oh my God. That's such all good. And it's great information, actually. And I love how you were saying you have to break these things down because I always say about systems or processes or anything else that usually you have to break it before you can build it. And it, it's true about everything. So tell me, I know you have a virtual event coming up in January. If people want to connect with you or be part of that, how do they do it? Where do they need to go? What is that about? Yeah. The first thing is connect with me. And if you go to mikeagliero.com and I'm sure we'll, it'll go in the call notes or something. If you go there, that's a great way to get connected with me on YouTube, Facebook. Also just find me on Facebook. I don't want this to be a drive-by everybody. I, this is, this is one of my newest books. I got a couple more just came out money cure and stuff, and I don't make money on books and stuff, but what I do want to do is if any of you that are listening to this are connected to either uh, women's battered shelters or vet shelters or anything, and you think this book would help them, and I'll send you one free on me to see if it would, I'll ship the books free. I'll do a call with any shelters or any place that I can serve people. So I want to get that out. That's That's number one, most important to me. Number two in January, we do, if you follow us, we always have free masterclasses. They're not pitch fast. They are pure, massive value to change your life. But in January, January 26, 27, 28th, virtual three-day event called Change the Channel. If you go to, I think it's change the channel, change the channel event.fooddoggroup.com. I'll make sure you guys get a link or just drop it down the The cool thing about this training, it's not a business training, it's a scale you training. 
And the unique thing about it is it's very rare that you have, like we have Jay Abraham's going to be on there. We have Kevin Harrington, original Shark of Shark Tank. You'll have myself, you'll have my son speaking, you'll have my beautiful wife. You'll get to hear her perspective on life and scaling. So we have amazing speakers. And the whole thing about Change the Channel is about shifting your identity. That's what we're one of the things we're the best in the world at. So if you're willing to give three days, of course, there's guarantees. If, if you hate it by the end of day one, we'll give you all your money back. I've never had to give a dollar back in decades. It just doesn't happen. And I'd love for anybody who thinks it's a, a fit, let us know. And, and I hope you'll, if you won't attend, just think if there's somebody. That's one thing me and my wife have done our whole life is every time we do an event, um, we find someone that might value it and we buy them a ticket if they can't buy it for themselves. And even if we don't attend event, we think something good, we buy a ticket. We say, hey, would you do that? So we brought our neighbors and our and sister-in-law and, and nieces and anybody we can. And plus for that training, that virtual training, if you do know somebody that's just like really down on their luck, they have no money, they can't get tickets like 400 for the low ticket. It's not a lot, but if they're that bad of a place, reach out to me privately, tell me the story and I'll do what I can for them. I'll do everything I can. This is, I've sold two high eight figure companies the last five years. We're building a bunch more companies. Our purpose project between my wife, my partner, my son, and our whole team is to impact planet earth and really get it back to a place where we could stop this nonsense stuff that's happening. And everybody could just get back to loving each other, hanging out with you, doing the podcast and stuff. That's what I want. That's what I want from the world. I absolutely love that. So much value. You've just thrown out more things in probably the last 50 minutes than somebody could get searching all of YouTube all day long. So I thoroughly appreciate that. Mike, one more question I have for you. If somebody's sitting here listening, they're thinking about watching the master classes, thinking about changing the channel, but they don't want to wait. What's one thing that they could do today? To just change something. Yeah. Actionable. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, my, my instructor gave me a challenge. This is probably 30 years ago. He goes, I'm going to give you the, it's going to seem like the toughest thing to do, even though it's easy. He said, find a quiet place, find a mirror and stare in the mirror for 20 minutes and don't look away. And he said, then report back to me. He says, in 20 minutes with no distractions, no phones, no nothing, just stare right at yourself in the mirror. He said, you'll find a new truth in yourself. You'll find what's important in life, what's not. So I'll challenge all of you. Set a timer 20 minutes and stare in that mirror to the point you really get to see yourself. Not as anything broken. You At first you start staring. You're like, oh, I got a pimple and I, I, I got to do this. Or my hair's a little gray and I got to dye. But once you get past that, you could get to the point where you just see yourself as this incredible human, full of opportunities, full of life right there the change starts to happen. It happens like maybe eight to 10 minutes in. So there's a real action thing. And, and I hope if you do the mirror for 20 minutes, you'll send me a message and tell me like, what kind of conversations did you have? So I would try that first. I love it. I love that advice. Mike, thank you for joining me today, for taking the time. Your story's outstanding. Y'all, if you want to learn more about Mike, you can go to his website. All that's going to be down in the show notes. We're going to link to the Change the Channel event that he's doing in January. I suggest that you follow him on all social media channels because his content is amazing. And really think about putting that in play today. Go look in the mirror for 20 minutes. Like Mike said, 
shoot him an email, shoot me an email, let us know what came up for you. And by all means, share this with somebody who needs to see it, because there's a lot of people that are struggling with exactly the things that he said that need to be seen by people that need to know that they're understood, that need to know that they're not alone. And maybe just this little bit of time will help them see that. So with that being said, Mike, thank you so much, honey. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. It's been an honor. Boom. That's a wrap on this episode of Skeletons from the Closet with me, your go-to gal for turning chaos into growth, Amy Ball. If you love the ride, then sprint on over to our Skeletons website for more even badass resources. Oh, and if you dig what I'm putting down, don't be a stranger. Subscribe, drop a review, and maybe even leave a saucy comment. Until next time, keep building that trust and turning your struggles into damn superpowers.